Tunes and you're listening to KCOU Colombia. And welcome back to another weekly edition of Triple Threat, brought to you by Stickle and Dryer Law Firm here on KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia. Kyle Jones here, joined in the studio by Cole Tusing and on Zoom by Chance Sticklin. Great show for you today, folks. We're going to be talking a lot about college basketball because this is March. And it is time for college basketball to shine. So without further ado, let's get started. Cole, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, you know, walking down the outside looking to see it, it was like 40 degrees out. So I'm like, eh, I'm not too excited about that, especially because in Columbia it used to be like 50, 60 degrees. So I was like, I'm probably not too excited about walking outside. But I was greeted by... A bit of happiness this morning when I was walking inside the station. Um, Harlan, the Mizzou legend himself. Ah, yes. The big floofy boy, Harlan. Um, Campus icon. As I was walking down by Mark Twain and just saw him walking around, and it was amazing. For those who don't go to Mizzou, don't know who I'm talking about, Harlan is a Mizzou legend. He is a dog that um, stands at the center of campus just... Hands out he and just chills. brings happiness to Mizzou students. He's, he's the best part of this entire campus. No Literally. cap. No cap. He's, he, he, you, you act like you're joking, but you're actually no, not no, wrong. No, I'm not even joking at all. No, I'm like this, this is not a joke. I am of the opinion, and I've, I've said this multiple times, maybe not necessarily on air, but you know, we've over the past couple of you know weeks, months, you know, we've had some discussion about the Thomas Jefferson statue on the quad. Some people want it removed. Administration says no. I'm not going to get too far into that, but I would say the best way to resolve this dispute, screw Thomas Jefferson, let's just have a big statue of Harlan on the quad. Everyone can agree with that. You know? But that's just my take. Chance, how you doing? My men, my brothers, I am doing well. I am doing well. It looks like the weather uh, seems to be uh, more ideal these days. The springtime is, again, approaching. Um, I think... If I'm not mistaken, daylight saving time is coming up sometime. Sunday, I believe. Yeah, so we are, what are we, two days away from that now? So that'll be, uh, that'll kind of put us all in a different mood. Um, but no, everything, everything's going well. Um, you guys mentioned, I know we're going to talk about basketball. Mizzou uh, moving on to the quarters um, coming up. But uh, yeah, for now, back to you guys in the studio. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good time. Um, weather is Getting better, a little bit chillier this week, but it's supposed to warm up in the next week, so that'll be nice. We've got some fun, fun stuff in terms of college basketball, and let's jump right into it. Chance, you mentioned it. Last night's ball game between the Missouri Tigers and the Georgia Bulldogs, and when I say it went down to the wire, I mean it went down to the wire. Cole and I were on the call for that game. Cole, your takeaways from last night's contest. I want to say this on the air, but, you know, you were doing a great play play so I didn't want to say this, you know, interrupt your flow. But the game against Mizzou-Georgia was an epitome of this entire Mizzou basketball season where in the beginning of the game, Mizzou started off hot, just like in the beginning of the season. Mizzou started off hot, beating Oral Roberts, beating Oregon, beating Wichita State, beating Bradley, beating Illinois. And then right before the half ended, Mizzou went into a huge cold spell. Georgia took the lead, which reminded me of Mizzou losing to Georgia in Athens. Mizzou getting swept against Ole Miss. Mizzou losing the first game against Tennessee. And then the second half, it's about more the same. Mizzou struggling, but also getting a fair win in there, just like the, you know, Mizzou losing to LSU, but then going to Gainesville and beating the Florida Gators. And then at the very end, it was a very last second lucky, I guess, spell, if you were to say, with, you know, Mizzou being able to clutch out in the end, which just makes me question what is the end of the Mizzou season going to be like when it comes to the SEC tournament and ultimately the big dance. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, if last night was an epitome of the season, the Tigers did come out on top 73-70, uh, but they didn't make a, they didn't make a single field goal for the last like four or five minutes of the game. So there's, a, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, going cold for that long. 
Um, and th- that's something that needs to be addressed. Chance, what did you take away from last night's game? So I know you guys are going to be disappointed, but I did not get a chance to watch this. I've been doing some other stuff, um, but I'm glad you guys got to call the game. I'm looking at the numbers right now. I was talking to my dad about this last night. He did watch, and he goes, you know, Mizzou can make any game as close as they want to make it. And I think that really says – I think that's really a true statement because we've seen this time in and time out where Mizzou can be up 10, even 20 at the half, and somehow they find a way to let teams back in the game. Yep, you are you are dead on correct. The, the problem with that, the problem with that scenario in those situations is, a tournaments, or the SEC tournament, you can't really do that. You definitely can't do that in you. You definitely can't do that uh, in March Madness. I think for Mizzou, I'm looking at the numbers from last night. I see that uh, Pinson led the squad with 17 points, and then. Uh, Drew Smith and Kobe Brown added in 16 of each, which is w- w- good number. So they had four guys, four, yeah, four guys, five guys, no, four guys, uh, put up double digits last night, which, which is key. But I'm looking at the numbers, and I see that Mark Smith only had four points. And so, for someone who has paid enough attention to Mizzou basketball over the years and really this season, I don't think four points is going to do it for him. And I don't think, and I, I, because he's a big contributing factor. He's a guard. He's a shooting guard. He's not, and he, and he plays a lot of minutes. He's a valuable player. I didn't get to see him play last night, so I don't know if he was in foul trouble early or what it was. Um, but I know that Mark's been, and you're shaking your head no, so he wasn't in foul trouble. So maybe he had an off day. You know, we all have. Yeah, our he off was days. just, he was just kind of bad. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but now they, and I've got, I had the bracket pulled up in front of me. They will go to play, uh, let's see, what are they, Arkansas now? Yeah, it's Arky. Which is going to be, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and announce my, uh, we, we can talk about that game more. They're, they're not going to beat Arkansas. Uh, that, that, you know, Arkansas is, I think, too strong of a basketball team. I think that they have, since the beginning of the season, really, really significantly improved. I know Musselman's done a great job with those guys. I know, if I'm not mistaken, Moses is his last name. They've got a really, really t- – he's a really talented player for them. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I, you know, but anything's possible. But I, I, think, I think Mizzou takes an, uh, you know, takes an exit uh, in the quarterfinals. What do you guys think? Yeah, you know, you, you, bring, up, you bring up Mark Smith. Um, and honestly, I said this last night after the game. We were kind of just chilling in the studio – in the post game, I said this about Mark and Mitchell Smith, both guys who played a good amount of minutes and did not really contribute anything. I don't really see a role for Mark Smith or Mitchell Smith in this basketball team. I, I don't see what they bring to the table. They they can't shoot. We, they, they've shown that multiple times. They don't really force turnovers at all. You know, like, at best, they're out there to throw a screen or something but really all they're doing right now is missing shots so you know turning the ball over and you know collecting fouls which is not something that you can do in you know in playoff basketball now guys like Torrance Watson who we didn't see too much uh last night and then Drew Bugs who we actually saw a lot of and he actually had a he had a pretty good impact those are the guys, and Javon Pickett as well. Javon Pickett had a pretty good impact. Those are the guys you need in there. We saw an interesting lineup, an interesting strategy from uh, from Conzo Martin putting Tillman and Kobe Brown on the floor at the same time. I thought that that was actually a good move. You had the height advantage. Kobe Brown showed last night that though he hasn't really done it a lot this season, he can shoot the three. He was, he was knocking them down um, like it was nothing. The guy had a pretty good stroke last night. Um, so, so you can, you can use the, you can use Kobe Brown to shoot three. Tillman can play a true post role, get under that basket. And both those guys provide height on defense. You know, Tillman is no longer the foul magnet that he used to be. He's cleaned his game up, which is big, you know? Um, those are two guys you can have out there. Drew Smith is a great guy. He plays well all the time. Same with Xavier Penson, right? So you've just got that fifth role in there. And I think you can you can move that fifth role around 
with Torrance Watson. You can move that fifth roll around with Drew Bugs. You can move that fifth roll around with heck, I mean, give Parker Brown a shot. You know? That guy that guy, anytime you give him a chance to play, he's like Adam Wolf, right? You give you give Parker Brown minutes, he he takes advantage of it, you know? He's he's not gonna be your you know, your far your five star, you know, go out and play like, you know, play like a MBJ guy. But you, that kid's hungry. You give him a shot, he's gonna take it. You know? So so Put those guys in. Give those guys time over a Mark Smith or a Mitchell Smith because clearly Mitchell Smith and Mark Smith are not getting it done. Yeah, to talk about your point about Mark and Mitchell Smith before, talk about you know Torrance Watson, all those guys. So obviously Mitchell Smith, the two, th- the two main things I saw, and I talked about this in the broadcast, the two main things I saw from him, he would either – on defense, stand in the restricted area and try to take a charge, and it would either lead to a turnover on Georgia or it would be a blocking foul on Mitchell Smith. So either way, you're doing a 50-50 charge call, stand inside the restricted area, and that's all you're doing when it comes to Mizzou as far as contributing. Mark Smith is a starter, and if you're a starter playing 28 minutes and scoring four points and not being the first, second, third, or even a fourth scoring option, in my opinion... If you're not the four scoring option, you're putting up four points. You should not be the starter for any team. Yeah, no, I mean, like, unless he's got some sort of morale-boosting role, which, I mean, maybe he does, and maybe that's something that, you know, you could ask Conza Martin about. Um, but, but like, you got you got good bench points from guys like Pickett and guys like, um, you know, Bugs, right? When you're getting those good bench points, at some point you really need to consider whether one of those guys needs to switch out for that starting role because— Clearly, they are getting the job done. Give them the start. See if they can do a better job than Mark Smith is doing in that starting role because Mark Smith isn't getting it done. And now's the time to do it because it's a single elimination, you know, the SEC tournament, and then later on with March Madness, it's now the time to bring out your best, you know, starting lineup or lineup, you know, period. And Kyle, you mentioned how it was a smart move with, you know, bringing your two best rebounders in Kobe Brown and Jeremiah Tillman. I talked about this on broadcast. I was skeptical at first because you have your two best rebounders out there, but you may sacrifice a little bit of offense. But, of course, Kobe Brown proved me wrong, you know, hitting a few three-pointers. So if Kobe Brown's able to hit threes like that, it's a great lineup. And maybe going forward might be the starting lineup going forward. Yeah, I think— I want to chime in for one second because I, I, from my sister's playing— high school sports, me playing high school sports, my brother playing high school sports. It, 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 this is coldest brought up an interesting point that I think is worth talking about chemistry and changing the, t- changing the team's chemistry. Uh, now, now they're in, you know, single elimination uh, in the SEC tournament. And then of course in March Madness, the, the thing is, do you, do you change the team chemistry? Do you put a new set of, do you put five, no, not five new guys, well, like you guys were talking about that fourth shooter. I, you see, from what I've seen this season, I don't think that I would, well, I, I'm sure I'm wrong about this. I like Smith over Pickett. So Chance. Uh, you like, you so like Chance Mark Smith counter, over Pickett? So Chance, to counteract your point a little yeah. bit, um, you are right. It is a little weird to, you know, switch your whole starting lineup, you know, right before, you know, the March Madness situation, but we clearly saw in the Georgia game that that lineup with Kobe Brown and Jeremiah Tillman, or if you bring Drew Bruggs in there, swapping out with Mitchell and Mark Smith, that lineup works as far as offensively and defensively. That lineup works, and it's a lot better of a situation. There's a lot better flow of a game than putting in Mitchell Smith or Mark Smith. And if you're trying to win basketball games in a single elimination, you bring your best guys out there. You're... Hey, you are absolutely correct. I'm just saying that that's a, some some people would say. Hey. Oh, we're losing your chance. Oh boy, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're back. And that, and I was just you know I'll wrap my I'll wrap my point up real quickly. But that's the thing, you know, Cole. People people will bring that argument. Oh, well, I think we lost chance. Unfortunately, no 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 idea why that happened. We'll try to get him back, um, but. Going on, and we'll 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 just kind of sit here with ourselves, Cole, um, and talk a little bit more about this game. Um, and moving forward into the the Arkansas contest, um, what are what are we expecting from the game 
tonight, which that will be here on KCOU. Um, starting tip-off is at 6 o'clock, so pregame will be around 5.30. What, what are you expecting as the Tigers go up against Arkansas? I'm not expecting much. I'm not predicting anything because if you have your expectations high, there's a higher chance you're going to be disappointed in the end because if it, de- it all depends on what Mizzou team marches out there against Arkansas. If it's the team that went to Arkansas earlier this season and was able to beat all those high-ranked teams that got them their strong resume that they're going to big dance, then I can totally see Mizzou beat Arkansas and move on. However, if it's the second-half Mizzou team that you know got swept against Ole Miss, that lost Arkansas the second time, that nearly blew it to Georgia, then Mizzou's going to get out of the water. Yeah, no, I think I think I'm in a very similar situation to you, uh, Cole. Where I think it's you know they are either going to squeak past here, just barely get past, or they're going to get blown out. It is it is it is not going to be a convincing win for Missouri. It is going to be close. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at scores that are happening right now because there is basketball currently occurring um, in the in the beautiful world. Uh, so we'll we'll be right back here. Triple Threat brought to you by Stuckland Dry Law Firm on KCAU. Relief program. It offers assistance for up to 12 months for rent, past due rent, and utilities. For information on how you may be eligible for this program and other housing assistance in your area, visit our website at mohousingresources.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of the Treasury and the Missouri Housing Development Commission. What does your smile say about you? Are you happy? Confident? Friendly? Getting and keeping that smile takes work. Proper brushing and flossing daily and drinking fluoridated water. Fluoridated water has been in use for 75 years and is considered the most safe, equitable, and cost-effective way to prevent tooth decay. A healthy smile means a healthy person and a healthy community. For more information, visit health.mo.gov. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. Fire threatens everything in its path. When it threatens our nation and our communities, we respond. We bring the fight to the front line. The Army National Guard stands ready to face the dangers of Mother Nature and protect our homes and our neighbors. We will always be there when your community needs us the most. Discover more about all the ways you can serve part-time in your community by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association at this station. And welcome back. Triple Threat here on KCOU, brought to you by Stickland and Dreyer Law Firm. And we've just finished talking about Mizzou basketball. We're going to switch now to a little bit more of the national scene. And we are going to start with the news that came across the wire this morning. The semifinal match in the ACC tournament between Georgia Tech and Virginia canceled because Virginia has a COVID case in their program. Georgia Tech advances to the ACC tournament final, the championship match. Uh, But this is kind of a big deal, Cole, because this is um, eerily, in my eyes, eerily reminiscent of what happened last year where, you know... We didn't know too much about what this whole COVID thing was, but suddenly, you know, suddenly Rudy Gobert tested positive, and then suddenly the Thunder and Jazz game was canceled, and then suddenly the SEC tournament was canceled, and then the ACC tournament was canceled, and then suddenly everything was canceled. Ah, you know, it's very eerily reminiscent of that. Um, so. I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that that these conferences are kind of cutting things off at the source, you know, instead of instead of, you know, allowing this game to continue or taking a chance with it, Virginia automatically knocked out. Uh, We saw the same thing with Duke earlier in the week. Um, 
This is going to be interesting, though, because it gives Georgia Tech a chance to play for an automatic bid. Now, I think Georgia Tech was relatively a bubble team, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Cole? So looking at Georgia Tech right now, they are third in the ACC. Right now, as you mentioned, you know, playing the championship, they were able to beat Kentucky, but obviously Kentucky's not the strong team they normally are, so take that win as you will. They were able to beat Nebraska at Nebraska. They lost to Florida State at Florida State. So, so you said you said they were their third in the ACC. Third in the ACC. Okay, so they're not really a bubble team. They they were probably they were probably an at large bid anyway. So, you know, th- this probably won't affect the ACC's tournament kind of bearings too much. Um, Georgia Tech, it doesn't seem like they would be a bid stealer if they. Uh, if they if they you know win this conference, um, it, it wouldn't be like if if like if if like you know Vanderbilt won the SEC or something. Um, so there's there's nothing too crazy going on here, but it does present an interesting situation uh, in the fact that you know it's happening again. You know, um, what do you take out of this? Um. Well, before I talk about this. So the final few games Georgia Tech has played on the schedule, they were able to beat Pitt, they beat Miami at Miami, they beat Virginia Tech who at Virginia Tech, who's ranked 16th in the nation, they beat Syracuse, they beat Duke, once again, same as Kentucky, not as strong a team as they normally, but once again, take that win as you will. They beat Wake, they beat Miami, and then, of course, they got the automatic win against Virginia. So this is a very strong team. Um, I'll have to look at bracketologists, see what Georgia Tech is currently seated at right now, but if I had to guess, being third in the ACC, 16-8 and eight record, I would say they're probably going to be around probably a 5 or 6 I was going to say a 5, 6, 7 range. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, but, I mean, this is... I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we shouldn't go too earth-shattering on this thing because, you know, as, as this pandemic has rolled on, it, you know... We we've seen postponements. We've seen games canceled. It's it's become kind of a normal thing, but at the same time, you know, this was a chance to play for a spot in the championship game. I mean, how important is it? You know, does this kind of mess with the integrity of the tournament? You know, I, I I've seen some people talking about you know is this going to mess with the integrity of March Madness? I, I'm kind of, you know, what, what's your what's your position on this, Cole? I don't think so. Just because. You know, they were third in the ACC for a long time, so a third seed in the ACC going all the way to the championship. Sure, they, you know, had a game canceled that's got them there, but they're not a bad team. They're not like a Vanderbilt where they were 10th in the conference, and now they're playing for the championship and taking away from a team that probably deserves it more. And right now, as I'm looking it up, Georgia Tech is right now a 10th seed. Oh, geez, that's low. the region number two, that would be with Baylor and Iowa. I'm surprised that Right now well. they would be playing Oklahoma if Bracketology was released right now. They're better than Missouri, and Missouri's one of seven. Missouri is an eight playing Clemson in the Michigan region. Yeah, I and mean, that's kind of... I'll be real, that, that's kind of that's bunk, but whatever. Um, now, now this, this, does, this does, you know, kind of... We, we have a problem that arises when it comes to the big dance and chance I'll I'll bring you in on this one. I have a you know a big feeling. It's not like I don't know for sure that this is going to happen, but I feel like it's more than likely that we are going to have a game get impacted by COVID in the big dance. Chance do you you know how how big of a problem is this? I know we know that they're that they are bubbling for the tournament in Indiana, but how how big you know of an impact would it be to have not every game, just one game where you know a, a team has a COVID issue in the program, and so immediately they forfeit the game. How big of an impact is that? Yeah, so uh, individual team level basis uh, importance is, I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's ride or die for these teams because you guys know how it works. Uh, for people who don't know how it works, you know, it's a one and done. You get you get one chance. And if you don't win, you don't move on. If you do, you, you do move on to the next round. So if you're, if you're, I mean, if you, we are in what we, we're in a, we're still in the middle of this, this pandemic. Numbers are slowly going down. 
But as far as the tournament's concerned, you know, it's one of those things where it would be an unfortunate situation for a team to uh, encounter a COVID-19 case or cases within a program, whether it be the coaches, staff, or players. Of course, we don't wish that upon anybody. We hope that the tournament is successfully done. But yeah, it would take a huge toll on an individual program. I think the biggest thing as far as looking at the national tournament and stuff, um, you already mentioned it up at the top. You know, they're doing all the games in Indianapolis, which I think will help uh, lower that case, hopefully lower the case count. But the biggest thing they're going to, I mean, it's, it, we see it everywhere. We see it in politics. We see it in entertainment. We see it everywhere. Um, these people, the, these individuals are constantly being checked for their temperature. They're constantly being tested. And most of them, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these athletes are already vaccinated and these programs are already vaccinated. I don't know what the NCAA is doing. I don't know how, I don't know what these programs are doing, but I'm sure that some of these players and their coaches have already been vaccinated now. And I, I, but I couldn't give you the numbers on that. You guys can kind of give your, you give your opinion on that. But it wouldn't surprise me at all to see that some of these teams have already received vaccinations, therefore shielding them and protecting them uh, from, 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 you know, getting infected or getting sick uh, while, they're in, while they're in Indianapolis. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, you know, if they haven't been vaccinated, they, they will almost surely be vaccinated pretty soon. I know Missouri is opening Tier 3 on um, on. Monday, I believe, uh, which that that opens to critical workers. I'm I'm actually getting my vaccine next Wednesday, so so it's um it's certainly in different different uh, states have different policies and better rollouts as well. Um, Missouri is actually kind of behind the curve in terms of their rollout, so there. I, I think you are right, Chance. There is a very distinct possibility that some of these players have already been vaccinated, which is great. Um, but at the same time, there's also like, I, I don't, I, I don't think, you know, Texas or Baylor, I don't, I don't think those guys have been vaccinated. Um, that rollout is notoriously kind of slow in Texas. Um, so, you know, is, you know, what happens when you have like a number two seed Baylor or God forbid, I mean, we, we, any team, but especially a team who's like an, an odds on favorite to go and win, like. You, you get a game cam, I mean, you're done, right? I mean, we, we're talking about, you know, d- does this kind of mess with the integrity of the NCAA tournament? If we have a team that has to leave because of COVID, I mean, they're 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 out, they're done. I mean, that's like in, a Gonzaga or an Illinois. I mean, that's that's someone who could have won the tournament. So this is my thinking with all of this situation. Not only does a bubble system worked because it clearly showed in the NBA playoffs with you know being. Central down in Orlando, sure, there's, you know, a lot more teams to manage than, you know, 16 NBA teams. But clearly, basketball being a bubble situation, playing in very similar, in the same locations, it clearly works. So, obviously, the NCAA is going to keep that system. And secondly, obviously, this is an unforeseen circumstance because it's not every year March Madness or any of these, you know, single elimination tournaments have a pandemic they also have to deal with. But in my opinion, if a team were to have a game get postponed, you know, they'd be eliminated from the tournament. It's a lot better if it's a first four in, first four out game or a round of 64 game compared to a game like in the Elite Eight or Final Four. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely you know, better to catch things early. Um, you know, maybe you have a game that gets canceled in like the first rather than, you know, get all the way to the championship game and have the championship game be canceled. Um, but I, I'm just, I, I'm thinking more towards like, you know, d- does this, you know, we, we, and we, we've talked about like, you know, with the, with the Dodgers winning the world series, like they only played a six game season. Like, is that really a truly legitimate championship? You know, do, do, do we kind of, does that sort of conversation arise when you have, teams getting what is this i mean it's essentially a free pass into the next round you know we've seen you know the the one big thing that defines march is upsets and if you know if the 15 seed doesn't get a chance to upset that two seed because the game gets canceled and the two seed moves on i mean does does that kind of are we talking about a, a sort of 
illegitimate tournament, you know? Like I mean, that's just what makes March Madness so fun and so fun to predict because the unthinkable always happens. You don't know. Well, yeah, but it's un- I mean, it's, it's unthinkable on the court, you know? We we've got the UMBCs, but I mean, this is off the court stuff. So Kyle, I I, I think and I, I chime in for a second there. So you say you use the word define the NCAA tournament. You guys know this, and we all know this. What defined 2020? That's fair. Yeah, COVID-19. And what has so far defined the early stages of 2021? Also COVID-19. COVID-19. So that's my point. I think the, I, the Cole brought the NBA. The NBA did a fantastic job. Hats off to Adam Silver. We've talked about that numerous times. Um uh, this is what I'm going to say to the, to this, and this is this will be the last thing I say on this topic. You know, COVID-19 sucks. We all know that. The pandemic's been rough for everybody. We've all been impacted in some sort of a way, whether it's been in our own lives, a, fam- a family member, a friend, you name it. I think with this tournament, though, you just can't – you don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know what's going to happen. It's one of those things where a rare case could pop up and and end a team and end a team's path to the national championship. You mentioned Gonzaga, you mentioned Baylor, a Kansas, some of these teams that are really good this year. It's, it would suck to see that happen. But if these, if these teams become infected, they, they have to, they have to abide by the health measures and what people have been saying to them and they can't play. And that's just, it, I hate to, I hate to be that person but you can't play if you have if you have an infected player, and if it and if it determines the outcome of your season, that that's the way it is. It sucks. I mean, we've all we've we we have all not been able to do things uh, this past year. It's it's been it's it sucked for these teams. Yeah, it would really really suck to to lose a chance to win a national championship. But think about it. We're we're in a year where uh, the unknown is uh, upon us. Um, so I think that, I think, and I just kind of I don't I don't I could go I could rant on this for hours. But I think that that's the that's the biggest thing. The unknown is ahead of a lot of these teams. And as viewers and journalists, we're just hoping we see a good tournament. Um, that's all we can hope for. Yeah. No. I think I think you've hit that right on the head, Chance. I I I really do. I think you've. You've nailed that. Um, I, I mean, I can't really say that much better. Let's move from the national tournament back to conference tournaments because we do have games going on as we speak. Um, and so let's just take a look at them. In the Big Ten, it's Michigan taking on Maryland, and at the half, Michigan only up by two on the Terps. It's 40-38. to 38. Cole... Michigan men, talk to me. Talk to me about the Wolverines. Nineteen three, fourteen three in the Big Ten, only hanging on by a thread at the half against Maryland. Um, what are What are you expecting out of them this year for the tournament? Michigan is such a hard team to predict every time March Madness rolls around because Michigan is always that team who has a great regular season. They get great quality wins. They you know look strong in the Big Ten tournament. And then they make March Madness, and it's like, oh, this is going to be the year they win the national championship. This is the year they make past the Final Four. This is the year they do it. This is the year they do it. The best chance they got was when they went to the national championship and ultimately lost to, I want to say it was Villanova. Yes, on that buzzer beater in Houston. So Michigan is always that team where it's like, okay, this is the year they win the national championship. This is the year they win the national championship. It's just like Georgia in college football scenarios where every year you think this is the year. This is the strongest team Michigan's had in years. You know, it rivals the Fab Five. But then Michigan will lose to a team in the Elite Eight or they'll lose to a team they shouldn't lose to in the Sweet 16. So Michigan is always that team that you don't know what you're going to get out of them every night. And when it comes to March Madness and single elimination, that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes it very stressful. Yeah, no, I agree. It's fun. It's crazy. Um, and I mean that's I mean that's March, right? It's it's super fun, but stressful as all get out, especially for the teams actually competing. I mean, we were we were calling the game. I was freaking out last night, and it's like, oh god, Missouri's about to blow a 
12-point lead here in the second half. And they didn't, but it was stressful as all get out. Speaking of 12-point leads, Alabama's got a 17-point lead now. They lead Mississippi State 29-12 to with 7.05 in the first half. In the, other, in the first quarterfinal game of the day in the Southeastern Conference, they are one of a few games that are taking place today. And in Alabama, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with saying that Alabama's the favorite to win the SEC tournament this year. I mean, you would not be wrong on that. I want to say Alabama had the coach of the year, the player of the year, defensive player of the year. And, of course, Alabama has been top of the SEC for the majority of the season, Mizzou had that one week where they were at the top when they were able to beat Alabama. But you cannot go wrong, in my opinion, if you pick Alabama to win the SEC. Yeah, I, I, and I'm surprised they're not getting more attention nationally. I think it may be because they have six losses, so they're not up there with a Michigan, with an Illinois. But I also think it's also due to, you know, of course, Alabama gets talked about a ton when it comes to college football. You know, that's the only team that college football headlines talk about Alabama but in my thinking is this I think it's they don't get talked about as much because the teams you think about and talk about every week is Michigan Illinois Gonzaga Baylor Iowa. so Iowa so Alabama doesn't get the same amount of love because there's already five teams that get all the attention yeah I think you might be right I think that's a that's a fair that's a fair point to make um elsewhere we got the CUSA tournament semifinal Western Kentucky Ooh, Western Kentucky is up is down 26-21, losing to UAB with 433 left in the first half. UAB has a better record, but Western Kentucky has that tournament history. You almost expect WKU to get in every you know every other year at least. Uh, but currently the Hilltoppers not doing their best today. And then in the American Athletic quarterfinal, Wichita State up on Southern Florida, 28-25. I feel like the shockers are the shoe-in for the for the American, you know? Like, yes, there's U of H, um, but, man, like, the way the shockers play, like, I, I just, I, I, I hate, I mean, I hate betting against U of H, but, it's like, Wichita State's always there, you know? I mean, they have an 11-2 conference record, so you can't be wrong in going with them. Yeah, like yes, they're they're fifteen four. U of H, who has played phenomenal all year, twenty one and three. I mean, you you expect them to win. They they. I mean, it, I I feel like that's that's probably going to be the case. But like, if you need a good dark horse out of the out of the uh, out of the uh, American, if you're looking for a team where you're like, man, I kind of want to, yeah, I kind of want to put a little, little little bit of a incentive on them, uh, you know, and, and you know, really have a look. And, you know, I don't want to choose that favorite. I don't want to go with U of H. State your team, man. The Shockers are good. Um, and they always have been for the past about five, ten years, man. Wichita State's kind of been right up there at the top, always making that championship um, in the in their conference, always making it to the big dance. We're not too far removed from when they made the Final Four. You know? Um, those are the games going on right now. Um, I was going to, uh, I was going to talk about another game as I was getting on that tangent about Wichita, and then it completely slipped my mind, Cole. Um, is there any game that, uh, that you've, or that you're looking forward to, any conference tournament that you've been paying attention to that you kind of want to get into a little bit more? We only have about 10 minutes. So one game I want to talk about, at least mention, is when I talked about the MAC championship when I did the radio show, I want to say it was last week, yes. and I said, Ohio versus Toledo. That is happening at 4 o'clock today, and I went on record saying if Ohio matches up against Toledo, I said Ohio was going to win this game. Yeah, I know it is happening. 4 o'clock, as you mentioned. Toledo favored by 2.5. Do you know the over-under of this game, Cole? Over-under is 155.5. Yeah, this going to be a high-scoring game, man. This is going to be... This is going to be... Give me the Bobcats here. Give me the Bobcats on this high score. I mean, this is going to be fun. Um, I always love these kind of... these. You know, in football, it would be the G5. You know, in basketball, it's just the mid-majors. I, I absolutely adore these kind of smaller games, you know? Because these teams... I mean, this is... The MAC is 
probably at best a one big conf- a one big conference, you know? Like they're probably we're, we're probably not going to see both of these teams in the dance. So this is legitimately fighting for your tournament life, you know? It was I wanted to throw something at you guys real quick. I was talking to my family about this last week and I know that you talk about mid-majors. It's not a Power 5 conference, but it it it, it could be in the room for it could be in the running for one soon. The American Conference has a lot of talent. I mean, it's incredible. The mid, they, the American is basically a, is it, it's Power 6, man. You know, you know what I mean though. It's 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 that conference. You got the Shockers. You got the you got Houston in there. You got Cincinnati. Yep. I mean, you've got SMU. I mean, there are so there. It's 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 really it's one of those conferences that I think is over. It's not even they. It's talked about, but it's not one of the Power Five conferences, and so I don't think they get as much credit as they should. There are some good talent, basketball and football. Oh in yeah. America. I've been I've been saying this for years, especially with especially with football in the American. I mean, we've seen we've seen great teams out of U of H. We've seen great teams out of ECU. We've seen great teams out of Navy. Man, like the UCF, UCF, Memphis, UCF. Memphis is in there as well. I mean, this is. And guess, I want to throw this at you guys real quick. Guess who UCF just hired as their football coach? Oh, who they who they get this time? It well, I think it's Gus Malzahn. I believe you are correct. You are correct. Yeah. On that. That just furthers my point. They have good talent. It's yeah. A good conference. You mentioned Cincinnati and SMU in, in basketball, and they're actually playing today, but Cincinnati and SMU had great football teams this year as well. I mean, those guys were undefeated almost to the last game of the season. I mean, this, Don't count out the American, American Athletic. They, it, it, it needs to be a power six because American, the American Athletic Conference is has teams that rival the Big 12, could easily beat teams in the Big 12. They rival the the ACC. They could easily beat teams in the ACC. You know? I bet you Houston, I bet you Houston could be right up at the top of the of the ACC in basketball this year. Oh, we, oh I can tell you when uh, he's not there anymore, but when Greg Marshall was, was with Wichita State, that team was a... They they contended almost every season. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's they still contend every season. And, and they and exactly they still contend. Yeah, no, it's it's very much a power six situation here. Um, and I, I wish the American get would would get a lot more credit than they do right now. Southern Florida though coming back, they trailed out. It's thirty two to thirty. Wichita State leading with three forty four in that in that first half. So. USF, who, let's be fair, USF has kind of looked shaky, but have had their moments um, really really sticking with Wichita State here. Very interesting game out in, uh, I think this one's being played in, uh, in Frisco, I want to say. So very interesting stuff there. Um, we don't have much time left, guys. Um, Cole... Do you want to talk about women's basketball or do you want to talk about something else? So since we're on the, you know, men's basketball, you know, conference tournament situation, I just want to at least mention that UCLA unfortunately lost to Oregon State in overtime, which means that UCLA has the chance to hear their name called on Suction Sunday. But as someone who does some writing for UCLA, I am about 50-50 not as Hopeful because losing to Oregon State in overtime, you lost way earlier than you should. UCLA might not hear their name called on Selection Sunday. Yeah, I mean, um, Lenardi has them as a last four buy for bracketology, so they are very much, you know, in that in that spot where they, you know, there are teams who if they do better would pip UCLA for a tournament position. You know, you've got to. A team like Memphis or SMU, those teams who could go deep in their conference tournaments. You have a a slew. You know, I don't know how slew's been doing in the A10, but they're in the first four out. They could they could be someone who pips you know UCLA for that tournament. You know, you got Michigan State sponsored by or rather, what is it? They announced it today. Um, this is real. I don't know if y'all heard about this. I was, I'm going to talk about the Spartans. The Spartans that play in the state of Michigan. Um, because they, and the reason I'm referring to them like that is because they announced today their men's basketball team will now be known as, and this is not a joke, MSU Spartans presented by Rocket Mortgage. 
That's their name. They, they, that, that is what they would like to be called. That is the official branding of the Michigan State Spartans basketball team. What is going down in East Lansing? Well, uh, nothing good. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Clearly. Between between you know, bet- between all the allegations that have come out in the past like, you know, what, 5, 10 years between their gymnastics program, their wrestling program, their swimming program with, you know, sexual assault issues, football program sucks, you know. And now now this now this, I'm trying not to cuss, but this, you know, <laughs> bologna sandwich it, it, like what in the shut Wait. down shut down Michigan State, man. Just shut Are down you- the whole department. Yeah, so Kyle, I want you to, for people who don't maybe know what you're talking about, because I'm kind of in the same area of probably a lot of people. When you say the MSU Spartans presented by a rocket mortgage, that's how they want to be announced, or that's how they want to be known? They're like, well, kind of give me the, kind of set that up. So Yahoo Sports uh, tweeted this today, and I, I need to find it um, to, to kind of get you the, the best kind of representation of what uh, of of what this is, um, because it's freaking bonkers. Is this uh, just like Ohio State wanting to be called the Ohio State? Well, so no, because the Ohio State, like that, that's the name of the university. Is the the Ohio State University is the name of the school? Um, but here it is: Michigan State announces basketball team will now be called MSU Spartans, presented by Rocket Mortgage. That is what they want to be called. That is what they want to be known as. Wow. I wonder if... Well, okay, I'm going to pose a question to you guys then. Do you think other teams follow suit with that, or do you guys think that MSU is kind of just out out on an island by themselves? We can hope that they're on an island. I sure hope no one falls... Honestly... I, I hope that I hope the NCAA comes down hard and makes them cancel this because this is this is a straight up endorsement deal. This is a straight up endorsement deal with the team, right? And 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 this is I, the players aren't going to get any of this money. This is this is all going like well, we're going to see like the Missouri Tiger presented not, by Al Rancho. Not, <laughs> No, it'd be shelter insurance, but but I mean, no. maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Insurance company, that's true. Hell, <laughs> <Hell> Rancho, <laughs> that'd be hey, fun. Have, I love. Hey, I Speaking of this rocket mortgage thing, you know, like Kyle, I appreciate you you cleaning that up. I want now we have what are we have five minutes to we're off the five minutes left until five minutes left. Yes. I want to pose this question, to you guys. I know it's been a hot topic, and I know that I think the NCAA is doing some work, paying college athletes for their work on the field on the court, on any playing service that these folks play on. Give me your, each of you guys, give me your, your two and a half minute spiel. And then I'll kind of chime in. I'll kind of give my thoughts and then we'll wrap it up. I think uh, like what you're talking about, like their on field work, probably not going to happen. Um, I, I don't think like they'll be earning a salary or something, but what I do want to see and what I do think is what's being worked for is name and image, name, image, and licensing rights, the NIL. Um, which means they could go and because of their performance on the court, they can score endorsement deals with Nike or Adidas or heck, even your local sub shop. You know, they can they can have they can be sponsored by El Rancho. You know, they can show up in radio ads and get paid for that. Right now, they can't do that. Um, but that's what I, that's where I want this to go is to is that players are able to use their name and name and image rights uh, to get money. This is my whole thing on the subject. Obviously, you know, I do think that college athletes should be paid because the NCAA is a multi-billion dollar company that makes so much money off of college football every year, college basketball every year, especially with March Madness. I think players should get at least something because, in my opinion, they're being kind of exploited for their talent and image likeness. Now, obviously, my whole point with this is the California bill. If Because California passed a bill, I want to say it was like, Last year or two years last ago? Year. Last year. where um, they will allow college athletes like USC, UCLA, Cal, all those California schools, they will allow college athletes to be paid for the likeness. I want to say starting like 2025. I believe it's 2025, yes. 2025. And the NCAA came down and said that, you know, if – you know, this bill happens if, you know, all the, you know, high-ranked recruits, you know, go to California schools to, you know, get paid for the likeness, which is what they deserve, then schools like USC, UCLA will not be able to play college sports in 2025, and there's going to be a whole revolution if that is the way it goes down. Yeah, no. Um, and that's why there's a national bill in the in the 
I believe it's in the Senate now, to uh, to make NIL laws, just a federal NIL across the board, players can get paid for their image and likeness, um, which would overrule the NCAA. Um, I think and this is a big thing. The NCAA needs to have its power uh, lessened. You know, right now the NCAA has a lot of power in a lot of areas where it shouldn't. Um, and the schools need to start fighting for independence. We saw this with we saw this with Missouri when the bull ban came down. It was ridiculous that it was a bull ban for what happened, right? And it was all because of the NCAA's enforcement. If schools can take back the power from the NCAA, get themselves a little bit more power themselves, it can only work for their benefit. So they would, you know, you know and I think, I think this federal, uh, this this federal NIL law helps that you know it's taking power away from the ncaa the ncaa can no longer say oh no these players can't can't get paid you know it it goes down to nil the players get to say it and that's what it really comes down to not even not even power to the universities but putting giving power to the players is the Uh, biggest part yep the last thing i'll say to kind of wrap this conversation up and you guys both pose uh great points um the california bill I haven't done much reading on it, but I know that we've talked about that on previous shows. And I know Cole has a well understanding as do you, Kyle, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's important because if we think about it, you know, think about how much the football team, how much the basketball team, uh, even, you know, other baseball team, softball team, you know, these, some of these, maybe not their, their high end programs, the schools at these various schools across the country, but they, they bring in so much money for these schools, so much money. Not only that, but think about the business that these communities get on game day, whether it's uh, in Columbia, whether it's in Tuscaloosa, whether it's in Baton, uh, Death, you know, Baton, LSU, Baton Rouge, whatever. You know, Gainesville, I can, I, can name, I can name off a ton of schools. But think about the, think about the revenue that is flowing into these businesses on these days that these athletics are going on. It is so important to uh, pay these athletes the proper amount of money and make sure that they are uh, being treated fairly uh, in the athletic system. Yes. That is pretty much going to wrap things up. Thanks for tuning in. Another weekly edition of Triple Threat brought to you by Stickle and Dryer Law Firm. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. So tune in again. Thank you and have a wonderful weekend.